You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Hello, everybody, and happy Tuesday, and it is a happy Tuesday here on the Fantasy Baseball Hour because Tuesdays are now Tuesdays with Modica. I actually been calling them Modica Tuesdays, but then I saw Matt tweeted out something about Tuesdays with Modica. I like that better. So Tuesdays with Modica here on the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Matt Modica. Matt, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Al. Real excited. Uh, I'm just loving this baseball season. A lot of drama, but I'm loving it. Yeah, I think those things go together. Well, if you're a fancy owner, maybe those things don't always go together. But I, yeah, I'm liking it nonetheless, even with all the injuries and uh, weird performances that we always see early in the season. I am definitely loving it. And even though not all my teams are doing great, but some of them are doing all right. Yeah, I really don't. I try not. To, I mean, you can't help but see your raw score, but it's just so <laughs> early. Like, I was in, like, 12th place a couple of days ago, and now I'm in fifth place. So I really don't sweat it. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. In fact, there was a day, I would say it was Friday, pretty recent day, where, uh, you know, really within minutes, uh, this was in the, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and I went from, like, 13th to 8th to 11th to 9th, like all within, you know, like minutes <laughs> because of what was going on with the pitchers that I had. So that's that's the fun of the early season. No, it's but, just, it, it, it is great. It's back. It's here. So I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, well, uh, and, you know, as we alluded to just a minute ago, not everything in the news is something to love, but there is a, a lot of news. Continue to have a lot of uh, injury news uh, and a lot of stand-up performances on Monday. And I'm going to say it again, Matt. Maybe you can even say it with me. It's another pitching-heavy day. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just seems like every day so far. And yet it's funny because you look at the, you know, the power numbers are, are up. Um, but uh, somehow the, the, the pitchers... Uh, Every day seemed to dominate. So we had a, a, a lot of studs pitching on Monday. Uh, we'll look at that, but we'll also look at some of the uh, good performances from the pitchers that you might not have expected it from and a few good pitchers that didn't pitch very well. So uh, we will get to all of that and also some bullpen talk too. But let's uh, start with the latest news. Uh, Xander Bogarts uh, kind of left you uh, on the edge of your seats on yesterday's show. We got sort of that initial report that he might not even go on the DL. Well, Bogarts is now on the DL. He's been diagnosed with a small crack in the tailless bone bone of his left ankle. And this is uh, amazing to me, Matt, that uh, Bogarts is expected to be out just 10 to 14 days. Yeah, I'm not going to be the injury optimist here. Uh, I have him in a couple leagues, and it's disappointing. But I'm going to expect it to be more of at least three weeks or so. Because if he misses, say, two weeks, he's going to need to go to the minors, have a couple, uh, you know, at least at least a couple of games where he's hitting the ball, uh, just to get some timing back. And I think this sounds worse than you know, ten to fourteen days. I don't know. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn. I'm not a doctor. I know on, <laughs> on Twitter, everybody's a doctor. But uh, I'm going to take the, uh, the the negative side on this one. Yeah, I am too. And uh, the few people that I've talked to all are saying the same thing. So, you know, we're all, maybe we're just all, all pessimists. You know, we're all hardwired to expect the worst. But, yeah, I mean, this sounds, this sounds worse than two weeks to me. So, and as uh, I can't recall who it was, but somebody commented to me on Twitter that, you know, even if he comes back, Maybe the injury is something that bothers him for a really long time. I could see that scenario as well, which is a shame because he was off to such a nice start. Yeah, if you own him, you want them to be extra cautious with him, give him extra time. I'd rather miss you know, the next three weeks to a month and hopefully everything's fully healed than rush him back. Yeah, yeah I've, I've gotten to being somebody who roots for the longer DL stint. <laughs> to be sure, because uh, as much as you want him back, uh, you know we've just seen it too many times where a player gets rushed back and and then they're they're worse for it. Uh, as far as uh, other injury news goes, Rugnet Odor is going to miss some time. He uh, aggravated a left hamstring injury on Monday, uh, so he'll be out today for sure, according to uh, manager Jeff Bannister, and he would be the guy who would really know about this. And uh, then he's also going to have an MRI. Uh, it does not look like 
he will necessarily avoid the DL according to the Fort Worth Star Telegram. So uh, I know that there's been a little bit of excitement. Our, our colleague Nando Defino is probably a, <laughs> a little excited about the prospect of Jerickson Profar getting some playing time. What say you, Matt Modica? Well, it is Jerickson Pro, Profar Day over here at FNTSY. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in a 12-team league, I'm not really uh, jumping to add him. In a 15-team league, yes, I'll add him. Uh, there is potential here. I do you know, want to see. I, I hope that it works out for Profar because he was so highly tow- uh, touted. Uh, that injury was unfortunate, and he's just never really seemed to get a position or the playing time in these past couple of seasons. Are you seeing anything from him the last year or two that that gives you some hope? Because for me, the appeal the appeal for Profar is just strictly what he did as a prospect, which is now. I mean, you know, it used to be okay. Well, he's he's only twenty two. He's only twenty three. Uh, you know, when he when he was you know trying to come back from that injury, but now he's twenty five. Um, I, I I gotta say I'm not that excited. I'm not that encouraged. Uh, am I missing something in his more recent performance that I should be more excited about? No, I don't think you're missing anything. The thing I will stipulate is he's 25. He's still young. He's you know we saw the potential in the past, and in this day and age where everybody hits 20 home runs, you know if he's got a different maybe launch angle or he's tinkered with some other things, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count him out. But you know I'm not like uh, highly anticipating his arrival. <laughs> oh, that sounds fair. Sounds fair to me. And again, you know. Yeah, he's 25, but you can still break out at 25, and that that uh, you know injury really did set uh, set him back. So uh, there's some true prospect news here that I think we should all be pretty much excited about. Uh, of course, Nick Senzel was, was on uh, all of our minds with the Suarez uh, injury a couple days ago, and then uh, he, he wasn't called up. Instead, it was Alex Blandino, and that was. Uh, Pennington that actually got the start at third base on Monday. But uh, according to C. Trent Rosecrans of uh, the Athletic Cincinnati, Senzel's getting some work at third base tonight, or actually this may have been last night, uh, for AAA Louisville. And so Rosecrans, who you know initially reported that maybe we should look for Senzel to come up all that soon, based on this, and I think rightfully so, speculating maybe once the service time concerns are behind him, which could be maybe even by this weekend, Maybe it's Senzel time. I would think so, and here's why. Uh, he's their top prospect. Uh, the hit tool is supposed to be, you know, very good. And it was unfortunate what happened on Sunday in a great outing by Jamison Tyon, you know, getting uh, hitting uh, Eugenio on the hand. And for me, if he look, if they get the extra year service time and he comes up this weekend or shortly after that, and he's as good as advertised for them. You could always sign him to that long-term deal. I think you're going to see teams doing that more often now with their top pedigree players. So uh, I would expect – look, I, I thought we'd ex- we all expected at latest it was early June, possibly you know early May. So I don't think this is surprising. It's just sooner than expected and not for the reason we expected. Yeah, and granted, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but the fact that he's getting moved back over to third – I mean that. I, I really don't know how else to read that. So well, I, I, think I think Jake it's... said earlier on FST that he thought that was a big tell that they're putting him back at third base, and they're not going to you know have him play second base anymore. So right. for me, like I got him in one league last week. Uh, somebody dropped him after week one in my fifteen team auction. I put a forty six dollar bid on him. He went for a buck in a thousand dollar fab league. Uh, the the runner up was a buck, and I was like, ah, I shouldn't have bid that much. I thought somebody would bid like thirty. So now it's looking good, and, you know, we'll see. And these rookies have had impact over these last couple of years. You go back to last year, Rookie of the Year, Bellinger came up on April 25th. Uh, Judge, we weren't sure if he was going to make the opening day roster. Then you got guys like Hoskins, uh, Olsen. So, you know, the old adage of, you know, rookies aren't going to perform, I think that's a thing of the past. Yeah, no, I definitely have to agree with that. Sometimes it goes the other way where, you know, we mm-hmm. look at, you know, players like Bellinger, you know, a few be- few years back, like Noah Syndergaard or, or, you know, even Jacob DeGrom when he came, first came up. And we now we almost expect it, you know. We, we are getting spoiled. I, I will yeah. definitely admit to that. And sometimes, we, you know, we get burned because they're human beings and it does sometimes take a year or two 
to adjust. Maybe it'll take uh, Dirksen Profar you know, a few years. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I agree, though. You, you definitely have to pick Senzel up if he's available in your league, pretty much any type of format. Anthony Rizzo uh, is expected to go on the DL. I don't know if that's actually happened yet, but uh, that if it hasn't, it's going to. And it will be backdated on Friday, which means he could be uh, eligible uh, and ready to play uh, the opener uh, in the Cubs series against the Cardinals on Monday. Uh, that according to the Chicago Sun-Times. So if you're like me and you started Rizzo, uh, then <laughs> it's a very tough luck, but not much you can do at this point and uh, should be back there next week. Jose Martinez left Monday's game uh, with a right Achilles contusion. He is day-to-day, according to MLB.com. And I had somebody ask me about this injury on Twitter. And they had the same reaction I did, which is they, they just saw the word Achilles and freaked out. <laughs> but apparently... I've seen contusion, bruise, uh, you know, it sounds pretty minor to me. So any concern there, you think? Uh, I'm just concerned because I do have him in a couple of spots. I actually have both <laughs> him and Kane in, in a few spots. So when I saw that play, it was kind of horrifying. I was watching the game live. Of course, all that theater that was building up, with who was going to get the save opportunity. And I did acquire Jacob Bonds in a couple of leagues, even though I wasn't that high on him. Thought out of the options, if Hader wasn't going to close, he's the best one skills-wise. And uh, it was actually good theater last night for uh, baseball in St. Louis. Hopefully both uh, Martinez and Kane are fine. Yeah, uh, and Kane is also day-to-day, so uh, I was remiss not to bring him up as well. Um, good news for Mike Zanino and Nelson Cruz. They resume baseball activities on Monday. Nelson Cruz is expected back this Friday, and Zanino could be back uh, sometime during the weekend as well, according to the Seattle Times. So uh, for daily leagues, definitely keep an eye on those two. And in weekly leagues, uh, they should be good to go for next week. And uh, Kendris Morales also uh, hurt his right hamstring. So just lots of injuries last few days. Uh, but this one doesn't seem serious, uh, according to uh, John Gibbons. Uh, probably not a, uh, a DL situation for Kendris Morales. And then this is an interesting one to me, Matt. Not so much kind of for the, the headline, but the thing behind the headline, kind of the collateral issue here. So uh, Tyler Beatty is going to start. For the Giants tonight, I had talked on yesterday's show about how he was expected to be called up, and I just made the assumption that he was going to start on Wednesday because the Giants didn't have uh, a starter scheduled for Wednesday. Johnny Cueto was supposed to start tonight against the Diamondbacks, but now it's Cueto getting pushed to Wednesday because of uh, that little ankle injury he sustained in the last start. So does this worry you at all? I'm not going to be worried just yet. I'm hoping you know they had the opportunity to give him just that extra day, so why not do it? Uh, he started the season, you know, pretty great at the Dodgers start, and then he followed it up again against the Mariners. Hopefully, all is good with uh, Mr. Cueto. Beatty, I'm not really excited. I think he's kind of like a tie block, uh, maybe a little better, possibly. He's a guy that I that I drafted only in those fifty round draft champion teams in like the forty something round. Yeah, I, you know, on a different team, I might be a little bit more interested in Beatty just because I think his strong suit is getting ground balls, mm-hmm. and with the Giants that's, uh, <laughs> for half the starts, that's not really super relevant. Uh, so I think that's an advantage that at least on the road he has over Ty Block. But you know, by the way, is. You know, you get uh, Clayton Kershaw on the the mound, you know, for the other team, and, and Ty Block is Cy Young. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird how that works, right? Very weird, very weird. Uh, but I, I imagine this might be one and done for BD anyway. Uh, Matt Weeters went through a full workout and says he feels good, and he's now going to go play a couple of rehab games at Class A Potomac, according to Masson, and it got a whole bunch of Orioles news also for Masson. So staying in the Boz or the, not just the Boz wash corridor, but the Baltimore Washington corridor, uh, Alex Cobb is going to start Saturday in Boston, make his uh, Orioles debut. Mark Trumbo is going to uh, take his rehab assignment to double a buoy for at least two nights. And also yesterday, the Orioles recalled Hunter Harvey, but just as an extra bullpen arm. So don't get too excited. Uh, and he takes the place of Tanner Scott. Not a bad prospect in his own right. Uh, he goes back uh, to AAA. The Angels are going to recall Jaime Barria. He will make his major league debut on Wednesday. Of course, uh, J.C. Ramirez is going to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, Parker Bridwell was sent down. So 
They've got a few uh, openings there in the Angels rotation, and uh, Burry is going to fill one of them, uh, according to the Orange County Register. And also, uh, Nick Tropiano and Andrew Haney may make the next two starts, not necessarily in that order uh, for the Angels. So that uh, there's going to be a lot of turnover in that rotation. But Tropiano and Haney, th- those are pretty exciting additions. Yeah, no, I have in my in my AL only Tropiano is on my bench. Uh, you, you had to like what he did in one of his final uh, training starts. He's always had some appeal for me. I was kind of shocked, and maybe it just didn't line up. I don't know when they started in in the minors already. Maybe the days just didn't line up, and that's why they have Berea making the start. So we'll see. But yeah, we keep an eye on uh, both those guys, Tropiano or Haney. Uh, the Angels just don't seem to have much luck with pitchers staying healthy. So I know they want to do this six-man rotation. It's just, will they have the bodies to do it? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And, uh, you know, I, I saw that news about J.C. Ramirez and thought, you know, go, you know what are they going to do? Uh, but, you know, kind of, I'll admit, I sort of forgot about Nick Tropiano. He's been, uh, you know, spent a lot of time uh, on the DL. And, uh, you know, Haney has, you know, been... You know, reportedly close the last few days, so I figured he'd he'd fill in somewhere. But you know, fortunately, yeah, they have a little bit of depth, and hopefully these these guys can can stay healthy. I took so the, yeah, a real quick. I thought the move of recalling Hunter Harvey and Scott Down was kind of confusing. I didn't get that. Yeah, uh, I didn't either. But you know, it's Orioles, so you know, there's a lot of things <laughs> that, that kind of go in my head. Well, we got uh, some bullpen analysis. We'll go to your lineups of weather and stand-up performances all right after this break. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players brains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today and unlock the secrets of injury analysis. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening in on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melkier, and it is Tuesdays with Modica. So that means Matt Modica is with me, and he's with me for the whole show. That is awesome. So you picked a really awesome time to listen. Uh, Matt, uh, coming back from the break here, I've got uh, some updates on some lineups. They're starting to uh, trickle in a little bit. And I took a look at Twitter. And you do you follow uh, the Nationals beat writer, Mark Zuckerman? I do not. Uh, it, it's a great follow today. I mean, it's normally a good follow, but it's a great follow today because everybody is mistaking him for Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> that's, uh, that's right. He's in front of Congress. That's, maybe I will have to add that off, add his name to us. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a tweet here. Uh, at Mark Zuckerman is lying, and he's and he quote tweets it. No, Rendon's really hitting cleanup, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff there. He's had a lot a lot of practice at uh, coming coming back uh, from those uh, – those comments. Uh, so I will get you those uh, lineups and also the weather updates in just a moment. But first, just a quick message here about DailyRoto.com. Dominate your DraftKings and FanDuel Major League Baseball contest this summer with Daily Roto's MLB Projections and Optimizer. 
Just go to dailyroto.com slash premium and save 10% with the promo code FNTSY to use all the very same tools and projections that millionaire maker winner Drew Dinkmeyer uses. And the tools don't just work for football. It's the very same site that Drew used for last year's top five $150,000 DraftKings live final finish. So head on over to dailyroto.com slash premium, save 10% with the promo code FNTSY and see the results for yourself. All right. So, uh, like I said, a few uh, lineups are in. Uh, you know, of course, we've got two games in progress, but we've got uh, the six o'clock Eastern start Tigers uh, at Cleveland, Matt Boyd and Josh Tomlin. And even though the Indians are facing another lefty, you got uh, Yonder Alonso back in the lineup, batting seventh and, of course, at first base. And you got Michael Brantley back, uh, batting fifth and playing left field. So, uh, a little bit of a, I guess maybe a slightly different lineup than they sometimes feature against lefties. Uh, as for the Tigers, they've got Nico Goodrum in there in place of uh, Jose Iglesias, uh, Goodrum uh, batting sixth. And Victor Reyes, the rule five pick in there in place of Mikey Matuk, so playing left field and batting eighth. Uh, the Nationals lineup, Adam Eaton is back after a day off. He's uh, uh, leading off. And uh, let's see, let's see. Trey Turner batting second. Everybody's excited about that, right? Yeah, no, Trey Turner should never bat below second, in my opinion. He should be the leadoff <laughs> or second. There's no reason why he ever bats below that. Yeah, I just, I had a hard time believing he was going to be stuck down there. And it just didn't, didn't make sense. So today he's batting second. So good, good for him and good for us. Uh, Wilmer Defoe's in there, so know Howie Kendrick at second base. Defoe's batting seventh. For the Red Sox, uh, you got Brock Holt uh, taking, of course, the place of Xander Bogarts at shortstop, and Holt is batting in the nine hole. All right, weather, not too much to worry about. Very little, in fact. The only game you might want to watch, unfortunately, this is a big one for a lot of owners because it's uh, Yankees-Red Sox, the big Severino sale matchup. Mm -hmm. And there is a uh, pretty good chance of rain before first pitch scheduled at 710 at Fenway Eastern. Uh, but goes down to 33% by the time of the first pitch and then goes down after that. So I think we're maybe looking at like a, a delay situation. There doesn't look like a, a great chance of a cancellation. And that weather forecast from uh, Roto-Grinders. And uh, Matt, let's, uh, let's talk a bit about bullpens. You, you already referenced the situation in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. which is kind of a mess. Um and you also referenced the one in St. Louis, which is also kind of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, let's start with Milwaukee. I mean, I don't know if there's not much change. Of course, you know, Albers uh, blew the save uh, last night, but then got the win. Uh, I mean, I'm just assuming that Craig Council sticking to his word and he's going to go committee for a while till somebody steps up. Does, does that uh, do you see it that way or, or a different way? I think it probably is a committee. I think Barnes, if he gets another opportunity to close, uh, has a chance to be on the positive side of of a committee, if if, if that remains to be seen. Because I think he, he's not really a top swing and a miss guy. He has some to his game. And as I mentioned before, the fact that he struck out Ozuna and Jose Martinez – that was really encouraging if you did spend some money on him. I, I spent between 12 to 16%. I really wasn't pro Barnes wow. heading into Fab, but I, I need some saves on a couple of teams. And if he can get you know some in the next couple of months, I'm in. All right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do think he's the best fit there. Mm-hmm. It's just you look at the usage patterns, and it's I'd say it's a mixed message at, at best. So What's uh, crazy? Is Josh Hader has faced 23 bats and struck out 14 of them. <laughs> that, that is crazy. <laughs> and actually, I had a dilemma in a league, a league I talk about a lot on the show, the Scott White Dynasty League uh, that Nando's also in. Mm-hmm. And uh, my three relievers are Hader, Albers, and Chad Green. And I actually benched Hader. And it's actually kind of worked out so far. Granted, it's Tuesday. <laughs> but I got that win from Albers. Um he did but recover yeah, was, nicely, though. I'll, I'll give him that. As much as I yeah. was rooting against him and was hoping he, he would get <laughs> annihilated last night in the ninth, uh, he did recover nicely. He gave up the leadoff uh, single to Yadier, and then it was a couple of infield hits, but he did recover nicely. 
Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, I look, he's again, he, I wouldn't put him quite in the Alex Claudio category. I think he has a little bit more strikeout upside, but, you know, basically he's he is a guy who's going to succeed by inducing soft contact, and that's just not as much fun for fantasy. Uh, you know, and I, I say saves are saves, but it, you know, I, I think that Barnes probably in the long term does have the upper hand in that situation. So, as much as I think Albers would be okay in a different situation, I, I don't think he's got a, a whole lot of appeal there. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, okay. How about the other side of that game? Uh, not an auspicious debut at all for Greg Holland. Um, I'm kind of willing to just chalk this up to him getting a late start. You know, getting sort of rushed up after a, a, a few days. Uh, I think it was at Memphis, um, wherever he was in the minors. Actually, no, I think it was in the Florida State League. But uh, anyhow, uh, what, what you, what's your thinking about uh, Holland? I mean, do you think he's he's uh, long for that job, uh, or, or are you worried about him? I think there's 14 million reasons why he's long for that job. I'll agree with you. He's <laughs> probably point. rushed up this, you know, signing last month or whatever it was, opening day and, you know, getting a couple of outings in the minors. I wasn't really uh, too interested in Holland this year. I know the second half was not good. I know he did slice a finger or something, so maybe that had something to do with it. But I really wasn't playing the spec game with Greg Holland. The good news for him also, besides the $14 million, is Dominic Leone has just uh, crashed down to earth and even further since uh, possibly being the closer at one point. He's in, the, in the center of the earth. He's in the core of the earth yes. because he's, he's crashed so hard. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so that's a great point. Tyler Lyons hasn't been terrific either. I mean, it's just they, they've got all kinds of options there. But... Um, yeah, I you know I, I I see your point about the fourteen million reasons. I, I'm take a little bit more of an optimistic view about Holland from last year, and I don't remember how it timed up with the finger incident with him. I, I don't know that it timed up uh, exactly, but uh, a, a lot of the damage in the second half came in a really compact span of time, like maybe a week, week and a half at most. And really, if you you look at the game log around that sort of that disaster zone, he was fine. Yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll agree to the fact that if I knew he was going to sign with St. Louis, that would have been one of the more appealing options for him. It's a good park, too. He's got a nice home park now. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if if I had the the foresight to see him sign with the Cardinals, I mean, that was one of the possible destinations, but I don't know why they waited till opening day. If, you know, they were finally going to commit if it was just Boris holding it up. But, you know, I, I will agree to that, being that he has the gig in St. Louis. Yeah, so I think I think he'll be fine despite a really horrid uh, debut for the <laughs> for the Cardinals. Uh, and then Tampa Bay, uh, I mean, Colomay is the closer there, and he actually got a save on Monday. Uh, but he worries me not so much because he's already blown two saves and, and not looked good doing it. But I think he was not that good last year, even though mm-hmm. I, th- I think he led the majors in saves last year, and mm-hmm. as a result, was one of the more you know highly ranked relievers in terms of fantasy value, but he was a lot more hittable last year. Uh, you know, not a very impressive whiff rate. And this year he's kind of regressed even further in that regard. Um, so I, I went out and got Jose Alvarado, you know, now I'm thinking maybe, <laughs> maybe it should have been Romo. Uh, so the usage patterns there have been a little bit confusing, but what's your, your read on that whole situation? I, I think you touched it right on the point that last year, even though he had the saves, it wasn't impressive, and if you did a deep dive on him, you walked away saying this was a guy you should probably be you know, either staying away or shorting in drafts. You really didn't want, especially the situation that he possibly is going to get traded. The Marlins are going to, out of the excuse me, the Rays at some point are going to want to move on from him. That does give him job security. They want him closing. He's more appealing as closer. They're not going to pull him out. It's going to take a lot. He's got to be really bad, and then that's pretty much going to wipe out his trade value. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of elements to that. You know, like you said, they they probably have a really strong incentive to build up his trade value. Um, there's not great options. I mean, I think Romo is, would be a decent option. Al- Alvarado would be fine, except I don't know who then uh, is the loogie on that team. And maybe they don't even really have one now, but... Um, They've got um, Ryan Yarbrough, who's, you know, one of those three, four inning, you know, middle relief uh, piggyback, you know, type guys. Um, 
And then they've got Anthony Bond and the Miners, who I think will either start or be one of those four-inning relief guys. So, you know, it's hard for me actually to see the path where Alvarado would um, would be the closer, even if uh, even if Kalme was really bad. Uh, but you know, the, the other way you could look at it is he could be just so bad that they have to replace him, or he's so good that he does eventually get traded, and that clears a path that just may take a while. Yeah, the thing with Romo is, I mean, I, I know I think last year he was hit pitching around eighty five. Or so I think he's even pitching below that now, so I think that's starting to get into a danger zone. I I know it's the slider, that's his money pitch and stuff, but it's just, it's just something to monitor. There, Alvarado to me is the is the most appealing guy. Yeah, I mean if they, if they could, you know, maybe they just uh, replace Yarbrough with you know some other middle relief type, and and he can fill in Alvarado's role. I mean Alvarado was being used for the first week or so like the setup guy. Such as it is when you're, you know, one and eight or, or however they started. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, that's going to be another one. That, I mean, I think it, it's more down the road, but given that, you know, guys like Albers, uh, you know, are, are, you know, or, uh, or Barnes for that matter, you know, they're going to probably be hard to get at this point. I think that's maybe the next situation where it's worth speculating. Yeah, I got to credit the Rays because I didn't think anybody was going to be worse than the Marlins, but the Rays are. I, I actually think they're quite a bit worse. Yeah. So good job by them. They did accomplish it. They won a tank and all that. You did accomplish it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Chris Archer, I don't know, hasn't looked that, that great. Uh, yeah, I was pretty pissed when Nicky Delmonico hit that two-run home yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now he's really, uh, you know, that, that's the thing, been the problem for him last really three years is uh, the home runs. It seems like he should be. A better fantasy pitcher than he is with all the strikeouts, but yeah, yeah as those, I do, those ERA yeah. indicators are just so appealing. And when you add the strikeouts on top of it, but you know, I should correct myself. Cleanup hitter Nicky Delmonico hitting the home run yesterday. That's what he was <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't own any Delmonico this year. Um, but if I did, I think I'd want to have a team called Delmonico Young. Yeah, I like it. I like that. <laughs> I'm not sure who the young would be. I would want to roster Eric Young just, you know, to, for the name. But anyhow, uh, moving on. Uh, a few hitters. I, I know I, I said it's a pitchy, pitching heavy show, uh, pitching heavy uh, set of standout performances. But some hitters talk about Malik Smith had a game, uh, went four for four with a double. Uh, two for three in stolen bases against the White Sox. White Sox were a team last year that I recommended picking against a lot because of the the catchers. Uh, I think maybe it's improved a little bit with uh, beef behind the plate. But uh, Malcolm Smith getting some some fairly regular play. And by the way, yesterday was the first time I had started him in my Ott New League. I picked a good time. Oh, uh, you definitely picked a good time. And if you are in the <laughs> Malik Smith business, yesterday was a good day. And at some point, I got to think he's moving up that lineup. What else do they have to lose here? They, the, he's a guy that they acquired. He's young. He should have uh, plenty of playing time. That should not be an issue. I'm hoping I have Kevin Kiermaier in a couple spots, and i just a big Kiermaier guy. Uh, I'm hoping that this foot injury isn't too severe. It sounds like maybe a couple of days, but once again with injuries, I'm usually the negative, not the optimistic. Yeah, and as well you should be. I mean, that was supposed to be a minor thing for Kiermaier's. Missed a couple of games. The Scott Shebler thing that was supposed to be one day is now the better part of a week. So always always good to take the pessimistic approach, I think, and just be be prepared. Yeah, and, and teams, Eric, or, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. And teams have no right to give us, you know, if I, if I ran the team, I wouldn't be telling everybody everything anyway. You know. Of course. That's a very good point. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to uh, jump in with another st- good stolen base performance, Larry Garcia, who started his second game in a row in center field, uh, not Adam Engel. He stole two bases against the race on Monday and had a two-for-five game. So seems like he's a pretty good target for steals right now. Yeah, I didn't get why it was all this Adam Engel love by the White Sox heading into the season as he was <laughs> going to be the starting center fielder. I remember having Garcia in my main event team last year, and I believe he got hurt towards the end of it. But he was a productive player when in there. I, I know he only had, say, I'm going to say circa 300 at-bats, I forget off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, he did produce. Yeah, no, he did. And uh, he's another Nando favorite, too. <laughs> so that's another another uh, score uh 
on, on his side of the ledger. Uh, Scott Kingery played another game at short. That's now three games uh, there. He's played a total of six or started a total of six of the Phillies' nine games. And his first home run has a couple of steals to go with that in terms of his uh, season-to-date stats, bang 259. So it seems like more and more uh, Kingery's issue is not playing time. Uh, it's just do you think he's going to produce enough to uh, you know, be played outside of deeper leagues. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think he is going to. Pr- I think he will produce. You got to like everything he did in the spring. They signed him. Uh, Gabe Kepler for all the crap he gets. He's putting Kingery in. So, so all right, we'll give him that one. He's all the uh, the praise he can get. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to head to break. We got a whole bunch of pitching to look at when we come back on the other side. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and you have joined us for Tuesdays with Modica. So I'm also joined by Matt Modica. And uh, before Matt and I get to a whole bunch of uh, pitching performances from Monday's games, just a couple of lineup updates. I mentioned last segment how Kendrick was out of the Nationals lineup, Wilmer Defoe uh, playing second base. It's not just a uh, sort of a routine day off for Howie Kendrick. He's actually dealing with a leg issue, although it's not supposed to be anything serious. But uh, as Matt will tell you, got to be cautious <laughs> with your injured players. And I'm an optimistic and person. I just want you to know that. I'm usually the glass just, just this, fill, But with injuries, Just I'm this not. one domain yes. where you're a pessimist. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did you all happen to see that? Hopefully it's not as bad as it looked. The Victor Robles injury yesterday in the minor league game? I didn't see it, no. But, yeah, it didn't uh, look good, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I, I got a sense of the reaction uh, on Twitter, but I didn't actually see the play, no. Hey, I guess I uh, should uh, check in on that. Uh, and the Twins lineup is out, and they're facing Dallas Keuchel, the lefty. So no Eddie Rosario, no Max Kepler. Uh, we'll see, yeah, you've got uh, Robbie Grossman and Ryan Lamar in there. So pretty much standard stuff that they do against lefties. All right. Uh, well, Matt, let's uh, get to these uh, standout pitching performances. The studs, I don't know that we need to spend a whole lot of time, uh, but Max Scherzer was great. Uh, shutout, complete game shutout. I'm surprised how many complete games there have been early this season. There was the Tyone one. I think there was at least one other one. You didn't Barrios get, Barrios get one? Or yes, he did. <laughs> th- th- that's correct. Uh, so, yes, he got one, and now Max Scherzer. Uh, Ten strikeouts, no walks, two hits uh, against the Braves. Corey Kluber pitched a mere eight innings against the Tigers, uh, but also scoreless, uh, two hits for him. Gave up a walk, struck out 13. So those guys were, you know, they uh, lived up to their their draft day billing. Before last night, uh, Max Scherzer had made 100 career game starts for the Nationals. And he, you know, he's just been so awesome. We all know that. But just in that 100-game start, He's had a thirty-five point like nine strikeout percentage, and a thirty and a three point nine like walk percentage. That's how good he's been. Wow, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's insane. that's just stupid. <laughs> uh, Justin Verlander also had a great start. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But in that uh, Tigers Indians game, um, Francisco Liriano really uh, did his part, uh, went six innings, giving up only two runs on three hits and three walks uh, with just four strikeouts. So the strikeouts haven't been there for Liriano. So uh, good surface stats for Liriano, which, of course, when I put it like that, you know, I'm, I'm going negative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think this is totally uh, smoke and mirrors. But you see anything there? No, I'm with you, Al, though. Nando would tell us that Chris Bazio is his pitching coach now. So well, everything's different. 
Well, uh, Chris Basio's <laughs> got to – he's not doing anything for Larry out of control, which has always been the big problem. And then, you know, last year, the, the swings and misses started going away. And it, it's really it, – it's the same thing this year. He's, he doesn't pitch in the zone. He doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. And I don't really know how he's doing it so far, but I don't think he's going to get away with it for a lot longer. I agree. I think when it goes bad, it's going to go really bad. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Don't fall for it. Uh, Justin Verlander, I had some some real doubts going into the season um, because the bulk of the time they spent with the Tigers last year was sort of mediocre. And then, of course, he finished incredibly strong, uh, particularly once he got to the Astros. But he's look, he's picked right where he left off, uh, seven innings, uh, scoreless against the Twins, four hits, one walk, and nine Ks. I don't know. Uh, after, after two weeks, I'm taking an L right now on Verlander. I was the low man on him. I think I ranked him 15th. <laughs> and you're right. Last year, but I'm going to go a little harsher. He was not good with, with the uh, with the Tigers. He had like a four and a half walks per nine. The strikeouts were down. And even the year before, the first half wasn't good neither. He's gotten off to a great start. So if this trend continues, you know how good he is in the second half, I guess. So that would be an error on me, but it's still early. <laughs> All right, put a knee on the board. Uh, and Lance Lynn opposed him, and uh, four walks for Lynn in five innings. Uh, he's never been really a low walk guy, although that's you know that's not a great ratio there. But otherwise, uh, nine Ks, three hits, no runs over those five innings for Lance Lynn. Uh, I really could not have paid less attention to him on draft day in any of my drafts this year, uh, should I have. Uh, I'm with you, Al. I've never been a Lance Lynn guy. But I'll say this. The Lance Lynn signing and getting Oda Rizzi, two guys I've really never been fans of. Uh, as a major league move in real baseball, it, for what they paid and stuff, it was a really good. Uh, it, was, it, it was what the Twins needed. As far as fantasy goes, they're more stream options for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I own Odorizzi in one of my 10 leagues. I like him a little better. but um, I think he has yeah, more potential I, than Lynn. I'll say that. Yeah, certainly more strikeout potential. Uh, Lynn's nine strikeouts uh, yesterday notwithstanding. And Zach Godley, uh, if you're worried about his strikeouts, he found them against the Giants, nine Ks in seven innings. Uh, also a scoreless performance. Like I said, a, a pitching heavy day. Uh, seven scoreless for Godley on four hits and no walks against the Giants. So uh, are we giving him a, a matchup discount here or just or we just say Godley's really, really good? That's what I was going to say. The uh, the skeptic is going to say uh, or or the naysayer will comment that it was against the Giants, but it was a, it was a pretty elite performance. If you got to see some of that game, he was just downright dominating. Uh, I, I think Godley is entering the season was a top 30 pitcher with upside. And uh, if this humidor thing is true, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Early returns, you really can't judge. When he does have the home starts, he's a ground ball pitcher, so it shouldn't affect him, but it shouldn't hurt him if, when the ball goes in the air. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, posing him was Derek Holland, who had a nice start. Six innings, two runs on two Color hits and shocked. one walk. <laughs> and eight strikeouts. And absolutely shocked. I double, triple took when I saw that. Um, I'm going to throw him in the Francisco Liriano category and just say, not buying it. It doesn't sound like you are either. No, I'm not in on the Dutch oven, no. All right. Uh, one of the great handles on Twitter. Uh, also, well, I won't even I won't even go there. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jay Happ, you're, you're a Happ guy, right? Yes, I am a Jay. Uh, I, I, I think he's been one of the more underrated guys the last three years. I've tweeted out a couple times. Entering the year, he's like one of 14 starters with a, a sub, I think he's just under sub 350 ERA, uh, a K9 above eight, and a, and a walks per nine, I think 2.7 or less. So he doesn't get enough credit, and he's striking guys out this year. Yeah, you know, he's gone through periods the last few years where he's been pretty good for strikeouts. And by the way, my K9 turns eight this year. <laughs> ah, there you go. I like that. So. How's that for a tie-in? Uh, pretty good pitchers uh, duel there uh, in Baltimore. Dylan Bundy towing the slab for the Orioles. He went seven innings, only two runs on four hits, two walks, 10 Ks. The strikeouts are becoming an expected thing for Dylan Bundy. But, um, Matt, I wrote a piece earlier today for Rotographs looking at the 
uh, exit velocity leaderboards for pitchers. And I know it's kind of a silly exercise this early in the season, but they're just, it was basically inspired by Jake Junis, Mm -hmm. who last year was one of the pitchers with the highest exit velocities allowed. And he succeeded without getting a lot of strikeouts so far this year. Um, and he's, you know, he's doing it with, you know, soft contact and very low exit, average exit velocity. And I thought, well, what are, who are some of the other outliers there? And Dylan Bundy's one of them. And this is a guy that I thought was, you know, sort of the Chris Archer category where, okay, I'm buying into the strikeouts, but is he just going to give up too many home runs? And the exit velocity is way down for him. And again, really small samples. But um, is this is the sample too small? Should we buy into this? Should we sell high and, and figure he's going to regress? Uh, I did read the piece, Al. I think it's recommended reading. And look, it's small samples, but this is all we have right now. So we, we just have to, you know, <laughs> we have to use what we have. Look, Bundy to me was an exciting arm entering the season. Uh, that slider last year was just uh, plain filthy. I call it the sickness. He gets a lot of swing and misses on that. So I'm really, look, seven innings, six innings, seven innings. He's got seven, eight, and ten strikeouts. I think you really got to be excited about Bundy. And if the exit velo continues this way last year, you know, the hard hit percentage, that ballpark, and the fly ball tendencies were, were very scary. Spring training, he had like a six or a seven ERA. So I think that kept people away. But uh, if you did buy on Bundy, you're, you're feeling pretty good. All right. So don't, you're saying don't sell. No, I'm not selling. I've yeah. I've been one of the more pro Bundy guys, and I will continue to be that. Yeah, you know, it's I don't I don't own Bundy in any leagues, uh, probably because of that worry about the home runs. To be honest, uh, you know, while other people were like you, more excited about him, and I had this little worry and saw the upside, but you know, wasn't ready to jump, you know, jump on him when you know when I needed to. to yeah, I'm not selling. I'm buying. If I have the opportunity. And yeah, well, I don't know who's, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe there and, is somebody selling, right? Well, if, you there know, might somebody, be somebody uh, that's saying, you know, this isn't sustainable and all that. And if I can get something, I think that's more valuable. Yeah. No, I, you know, the thing is, if I owned him, I probably would be looking at it much more like you that, uh, you know, okay, there's this risk of regression, but boy, would I feel dumb if I traded away somebody who's, you know, maybe a potential top 10, top 15 starter. Uh, you know, if, if he can manage the home run thing. And then, you know, yeah, it, no, it, it when can't you be done. Got him, if he does hit, it's such a profit for you that you, you need to get something. Say if it's a hitter you needed, you need to get like a Jose Martinez type kind of player return. With a, with a good Achilles. Yes, with a good Achilles. So hopefully it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mentioned Jake Junis. Uh, he had a great start against the Mariners, despite the fact only three strikeouts and seven innings of work, uh, but no runs, only one hit, only two walks. Uh, he's a strike thrower, so the walks are probably never, if they're if they're high, it's it's an aberration. But the strikeouts generally haven't been there uh, this year or last year when he was up with the Royals. And uh, I mentioned those uh, exit velocity numbers uh, in general, specifically, uh, last year, or actually, I'm sorry, I don't, actually, I don't have last year's numbers in front of me, but he was, I want to say it was the, the sixth or seventh highest uh, out of those who allowed something like 300 batted balls, which is a pretty big sample. So he was extremely bad in that regard last year. <laughs> uh, not good for a pitch-to-contact guy, but this year, out of a pool of 122 pitchers who have allowed 25 batted balls, which, again, it's a small sample, but it's not nothing, He's got the 17th lowest exit velocity at 85.7 miles an hour. So uh, is that enough for you to buy into, or do you just not like investing in, in that kind of pitcher? Uh, look, if you have him, say you're in a 15-teamer, and he was in the you know your number six starter coming into the year, then you're, you're super pleased. The two outings, no runs. Yesterday, the crazy thing about last night was, the only hit he gave up was an infield hit, and it was an infield hit to Dan Vogelbach, of all people. So you would never think <laughs> that was going to happen. Uh, if anybody wanted to, say, buy him and give you something of value that you can, can, can uh, conceive, I, I would sell. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I don't think he's going to be this good. I know if you date back to last year in his uh, previous 12 starts, he's 9-1 and one over that. And like you said, he's a control guy, walks per nine under two and all that kind of stuff. But if I could get something, this is where I would sell uh, as opposed to with Bundy where I, I want to buy. 
Yeah, and yeah. I have Junis in two leagues. I am thinking of selling. So uh, I think it makes sense. Jose Arrani did not have a great start against the Mets. Uh, he was countered by no Syndergaard. Uh, but I, what I was looking for specifically ahead of this this game was how many sliders he was going to throw because the last start where I think he got, I would say it was nine strikeouts. It was, it was a high total. Uh, and he had a big spike in his slider percentage. He got four strikeouts in five innings, gave up three runs on five hits and a walk. So, so-so start overall. But he did throw more than 30% sliders again against the Mets. So I, I think that gives him... Uh, some some interesting strikeout appeal. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I think, look, if I, I know they say the slider is more tied to like injury and stuff, but if that's right. your best pitch, that's the pitch you're getting swing and misses with. I want to be a major league pitcher, and I hopefully want to get paid at some point. So I'm going to do that as much as I can to hopefully get to that point. Because you know you can get hurt, you know, at any point really being a pitcher throwing any pitch. So if that's what's your money, that that's the breadwinner, go with it. Well, I, I hope so. Uh, hope to speculate on on him. Didn't get him in Tout Wars, did bid on him, but uh, I'll look for him in other leagues. couple of pitchers who didn't do so well, but before that, I just want to squeeze in here a uh, couple more news updates that not uh, serious hamstring strain for Kendris Morales. Uh, has landed him on the DL. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get, uh, Matt, you're being proven right with your cautious, pessimistic approach. And also, uh, where do you find Nimmo? Uh, you find him in Las Vegas. Uh, I think that Nimmo's was the right move by the Mets. I, I don't really give down. the Mets credit for a lot of things, but he unfortunately was going to be a fourth outfielder, wasn't going to play. Uh, hopefully they make him play some first base. because uh, They got old man Gonzalez, Dominic Smith, who they <laughs> seem to have sour on, and Nimmo yeah. seems like an on-base machine. I, I like that idea a lot. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I agree. Right. The right move for them. Uh, a couple minutes left. A couple of pitchers. So we might, these might be kind of quick hits for us. But uh, John Gray and Garrett Richards, not very good starts on Monday. Gray gave up uh, 10 hits in five innings uh, against the Padres. Uh, gave up seven runs, six Ks and a walk. Uh, Richards only lasted four and a third against the Rangers. Uh, just one run, but uh, five walks. Uh, so it's not, not a horrid start for Richards, but definitely not good for the whip. And his whip on the year, in fact, is 1.60. So any longer-term concerns for Gray or Richards? Uh, for me, I'm a John Gray guy. I'm, I'm a believer. Uh, hopefully he rectifies this situation. That was He's been very good at home the last two years. It was against the Padres. Not what you wanted to see. And a shout-out to uh, Clayton Richards with that, uh, with that home run that he uh, hit, that majestic home run. Go Blue. <laughs> uh yeah definitely uh earns a shout out with that so yeah i'm not concerned particularly about gray either um and he's got a 29 percent line drive rate that i think is just going to regress and that really all the other indicators look pretty good for him the, the thing with garrett richards for me i'm a big garrett richards guy you can't walk 12 batters and like you know it's that's that's got to get corrected and hopefully so. Yeah. Well, and a good time as we close up the show here to remind ourselves and everybody else that uh, you know these folks have made two starts, three starts, really small samples. Remember Jason Vargas a year ago? Looked like uh, you know next coming a Clayton Kershaw in the month of April. So uh, <laughs> there's hope for Garrett Richards. Anyways, Matt Modica, thank you very much for making this a Tuesday with Modica. Have fun. And uh, we'll have you back on next Tuesday. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, have a great day, everybody. Take care. Be back tomorrow.